To another episode of Supercoach Insider. My name is Ben. And I'm Chris. And I'm Swiss. Hey. Ah, sorry, I, just, I didn't know where I sat in that uh, pecking order these days. And thank you for joining us for the Collingwood Chris's Inflated Ego podcast. Uh, thank you for yes. joining us. We're going to be trying something a little bit different today, splitting it up a little bit for the YouTube. Speaking of YouTube, Chris, where can they find us? <laughs> You've just thrown me in the deep end here. <laughs> Uh, oh, just search for us on YouTube at Supercoach Insider. That one's the easy one. It is. Uh, and uh, SC Insider. Socials, yeah. SC Insider 100 on Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, all our audio platforms as well. Do find us. Chris, I think it's that time of day where we... Oh, yes. Get in there. Oh, mine's a oh. boy. A little bit of froth in there. Swizz, mate, you're just sitting hmm. there like a, an absolute muppet. No froth for you today? No, no froth for me today, mate. Well, that's good. Just chilling back. That's not bad. This is a... Look. This is a, I don't know if you can see this. Um, oh, what have we got here? The, there's a lot of light here. Tinnies, that's, um, that's there re- is reflective reflecting. light, like off your forehead, Chris. But, uh, oh, exactly right. Sorry, uh, guys, I didn't uh, didn't pat down and put some you know, powder on before so I joined onto the podcast. A little bit different. We're trying to have split screen here with Swizz. We're going to work out whether we can stream labs with a double and have a, an external voice. We'll see how we go, but... Look, happy to be on board. Happy, 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 happy. Um, happy first as back. well, shout out to uh, Stuart Davison. He's been hitting us up. A good friend has been saying, when's Chris coming back on? Because I miss the banter that Chris and I have. <laughs> Actually gave him a big hug. We've had a lot of time apart. We man. have. A lot of time apart in the off season. To Too the point, much time apart, to be honest. I know, I'm... but then it's like a rekindling where we get together and we just, we hug and we're like, mate, it's been I too know. long. I mean, you got your one kid, I've got my four kids now, so <laughs> what you got to understand is there's other priorities. So uh, did you explain to the general public what happened? It's like the COVID and the like whole thing? Uh, yes, yeah, yeah. and how, yes, and we were holding off for Collingwood until everyone came Look back. So, these you guys, mate. Isolation and then Chris had uh, COVID and had some extra time off. And uh, we were just hanging out, mates. And they also said, well, yeah, we explained very kindly to the listeners last week on how you dropped us after you let your nut go and uh, got cold feet and, <laughs> and dropped us with plans. I'll have to say the banter surrounding, uh, surrounding you guys and just ribbing on me. Um, yeah, thanks for that. That, uh, that made, gave me a bit of a chuckle. So well done, Swizz and, uh, and uh, Ben. That and was really speaking of Stuart Davison, he said he can't wait to hear what our bet is this year. Ooh. And I was like, oh, mate, I am still so butthurt. Are we hurt. betting on Crips again? No, I am still butthurt over Patrick Cripps. <laughs> I think he has left me... Uh, I feel so emasculated as a man that I'm too afraid to bet on anything anymore. That's how much he ruined me. It was so Oi, bad. Swizz, what are we going to do? One of these podcasts, me and you, right, we'll, pl- we'll plant a seed in Ben's head that, that some player will go really, really well. And then... And then at the end, we'll bust, <laughs> bust it open on him. Not only did funny. Patrick Cripps hurt me, Cam fucking Guthrie has a, a season for the ages and absolutely kills McCluggage. Oh, yeah, I got one for you. I got one for you. Hewitt out averages Patrick Cripps. Write that down. Oh, see, I'm, that's tempting. <laughs> that's so tempting. That's so tempting. It's, it's worth Man, 50 bucks, isn't it? Patrick Cripps over Hewitt. I'll take 50 bucks on that. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go round one. Swiss, We're going already. Swiss, do you, have an, do you have an alternative contender? Come on. Come I'm, on, Swiss. I'm happy to throw a three-way in there and get fucking Chera involved in this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, see, I don't know. I reckon Chera probably does them both, maybe. I, don't I, know. I like that Swizz likes a good three-way. It's well done. Well done, Swizz. <laughs> well, you know what happens when you put three blue balls in a room? I don't know. I haven't. Uh, it's been a while. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. So we digress. That's a three minute 50 intro of fucking nothing. Um, okay. So let's move in. Let's have a look at the fixtures. Chris, you want to give us your best 22? I yeah, yeah. See how we fit. Now, the reason we're doing a best 22 is because it really does... Link into everything that we're talking about, Collingwood, new coach, lots of things are up for grabs, and the best 22 really does dictate, uh, again, positions are points. And yep. it really dictates Roles that. are everything in Supercoach, as as everybody who's listening to this podcast should know. And there is going to be a lot of changes at Collingwood, a lot of new faces, um, and there have been a lot of new faces over the last couple of years. So it'll be interesting to see like the new rookies, the new guys that they've drafted who are all high-end talent, guys from last year that didn't really get a lot of game time versus how their new coach sees them and whether the the guys that were playing last year have any runs on the board. So guys like McCreary, guys like 
Ginovan, guys like uh, Caleb Poulter. You know, all these guys... You know, got puta, puta. Puta, puta. Puta. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they got some decent game time towards the end of the season, but, you know, does, under a new coach, I think that means absolutely diddly squat. So it'll be interesting to see if they are going to be in the ones or potentially in the twos, and a lot of them don't really make my 22 at this stage. And um, the good thing about for, for Collingwood fans out there is I don't think this year is the year, even though I'd love to say that they're in the eight, especially now that Carlton have lost it with Sam Walsh going down. You just spoke about your team being in the eight before your podcast. I know. No, I, don't, I don't think they will, but I can say with a, um, a little bit of certainty that next couple of years they're really coming through because they've got some great youth. I think we can all agree on one thing is that Collingwood will probably <laughs> He's do... He's just shaking his head over there. Says, just speak your mind, Swiss. Hey, hey, Tell hey, us how he, you really feel, buddy. He's biding his time. We had a negative <laughs> review saying, can you guys shut the fuck up and not talk over each other? So I can see Swiss biting his lip. He's trying a new. He's but wait, he's restrained himself. <laughs> Maybe this is a new David Swiss. <laughs> uh, we can agree on one thing: they will do better than West Coast this year. Oh yeah, absolutely. I think Sw- that's Swiss, hundred percent. West Coast is fucking shit house. <laughs> And they're just getting worse by the week. It's just, it's not good. All right. So um, oh, from the back line, obviously I've got um, Noble. Um, I think Charlie Dean does come in. And I think that's his spot um, from round one. Um, so for those who do have him or don't have him, if you don't know who Charlie Dean is, we'll probably go through him a little bit more in the rookie uh, part of this, a section of this. But I think he's locked that up at this stage. Um, we've got Jeremy Howe obviously coming back from injury. Pendles off the half back line. I think that's a lock at this point. Darcy Moore and IQ um, ran at the six, but there will be seven, essentially. Um, Crisp is that other one that I think that he, between him and Maynard, they'll be switching between wing on the ball and uh, that's as that seventh uh, rolling through that back line. So um, I've got him on the wing now, but I do think he plays more of a defensive role if he's, if he's going to be playing on the wing, but he's also going to be playing a lot of time on the ball. So... Um, positioning in the 22 is not really important. How he actually plays, I think he's going to be really good this year. Adams, of course, at centre. Um, Josh Dacos on the other wing. Um, and the forward line, I've got Elliot, Myacek, side bottom, Will Hoskin in the pocket, Cameron. And then one of, and I don't know who gets this spot, it's either going to be McCreary or Ginovan, who both performed very well last year as that small pressure forward. Probably McCreary for me. I think... Uh, I Just don't, the, pre- the pressure actor. If he's if he's well, not injured, what we know is that McRae's going to value forward pressure. So uh, whoever's really applying that in the preseason, and you see, I've seen some great videos. The amount of forward pressure that's being applied by our guys uh, this year, well, based on obviously highlight reels, looks to be really really good. You know why their forward pressure so high, Chris? Why is that? Because they never have the ball. <laughs> <laughs> they have to pressure the ball because they don't have it themselves. <laughs> um, now, obviously, Grundy <laughs> as the number one ruck. Uh, I've got to go straight bang there in the midfield and I've got Maynard in there as well. Um, so Maynard and Chris have both been touted to be playing midfield uh, roles, but they've also said that they will also be dropping back into defence. So that, I think that they will be switching. So I, don't, I can't see them running too much Maynard and Chris at the same time in the midfield but I think that they will be alternating uh, during games. And then on the interchange bench, Lipinski, um, I've got McInnes, uh, Henry and Dacos of the um, the younger brother variety. Um, so I do think that there is room for him um, in the round one team. The one, I think that the one that is, is obviously that I would like to start and it seems to be starting is Finn McRae. Um, but I don't think there's room for both Dacos and Finn McRae in the, in the starting round one team. So... Finn McRae's obviously got a bit of runs on the board, a little bit more time in the system, um, stronger body, and there's a little bit of conjecture over whether Dacos will actually start round one. Um, they said that he's looking at, it looks likely, but it's not guaranteed at this stage, and he's still got a little bit of development to go. Even his dad said that. He's got yeah. a bit of development to go. That's a big step up. but Huge step up. So I think either Dacos or McRae gets that last starting position. Um, McInnes, I think, is ready to go. He's uh, obviously... Um, a little bit of uh, injury uh, interrupted last year. Um, he can play a variety of positions, but I do see him as more of a midfielder that can go forward. Um, but uh, we'll get into him a little bit more later down the track. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know about Swizz. I'm thinking, where's Bianco? Yeah, and um, well, there, there's a few of those guys. Well, on, then on Bianco the could also go midfield and then switch with like a Pendles or still go defensively. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, so Henry, what does Henry do? Henry is that uh, medium-sized forward. That forward? We re- yeah, we, he's, he's going to well, have to be because if Dugo is playing midfield, they really only have, obviously, they've got Elliot and yeah. then they need a rotation off the bench to play that sort of mid-forward 
You don't really need forward line though, Chris. <laughs> the ball's got to be spending 70% of the time backward of centre. I mean, there's other guys as well. Will Kelly's training as a forward, but I just don't think he's a spot for him in the 22 right now. As I said, Caleb Poulter. It's um, a hard 22 for a shit team. Well, it's the back end that that's sort of 18 to 25. Yeah. They're all developing. They're all trying to get games into them. And it's it's any sort of guess as to how they roll out with those la- back So who, end guys. who's most fragile then from that team? Um, well, from there, Dacos definitely is. Um, yep. Henry. Henry as well, because they could end up going Henry not in and, and play both McCreary and Ginevan for all we know. I mean, Ginevan played fantastic. Well, they could push you know, Elliot as more of a one out like they have previously as well. And again, with um, new coach, it sucks. You don't know. With yeah, well, with uh, with Dugowie, if he's playing more on the ball, which I, we I, I expect him to play majority of his time on the ball and then pinch it forward. Um, I think that that is going to have to be Elliot and Will Hoskin Elliot can step up there too. Um, Will Oscar Elliott is almost, I reckon, on the cusp of um, getting booted out of this team too. I just don't think that yeah. he really has the um, long-term um, longevity in this side. I think he's probably on the one of the ones that is on the outer. He is a good role player. Depends yep. if they're promoting youth as well, though. I mean, Noble could easily um, still be, you know, Noble's good, but Bianco could also be doing his role but better. Yeah, so I think there is a little bit of flexibility there. So for me, I think, yeah, I agree. McInnes, Henry, Dacos... Uh, Will Hoskin Elliott as that small pressure forward could be yep. easily someone else that's applying more pressure. And you could um, find that they just all get rotated through the yeah. season to get games. Um, Lipinski's one. I think he's locked into that 22. I, I know there's people that have said that he might not be, but I think he is absolutely. He's the right age profile for what they're looking for. He's going to be playing, I think, mostly midfield um, with a half forward stints in there as well. Well, the coach could easily come in and have a look and say, right, you know, kind of do like any new coach, will play some of these other guys and see if they can do a role or at least you know. Yeah. Are they in? Are they out? Who's my best 22? Who do we need to sort of farm out? Yeah. The back line's the most settled it's been in a long time. As uh, the, What's unsettled in, in recent history is obviously injuries. So Darcy Moore, Jeremy Howe. Now we've got Jordan Roughhead out. Um, you know, we've had a consistency of guys like Noble and IQ got some games last year. But outside of that, um, you know, we, we, it looks like we've got a very settled back six back six seven um so yeah it'd be that, that's our strength and moving forward um yes yeah, besides your shirt saying who are you um what do you think about the the collingwood list today you always surprise me with your shirts ps it's uh you had one it was uh, was it don't talk about the podcast or something or other or don't talk about other podcasts then you had the cult yep. look alike and now you've got the who are you what is it what do you got going on yeah it is who are you and that's another wrestling Takeoff, but I thought it was good for uh, Collingwood because who are half these friggin' movies? <laughs> no, we don't. Uh, <laughs> he saved all the comedy just for my comeback, my comeback podcast. Thanks very much, mate. That's right, mate. So, <laughs> no, I'm listening to real off all these names. I'm like, who the fuck are half these guys? But no, they will get. Uh, it, it's a tough one. You are correct because we, um, they're going to get a lot of different game time. It depends how McRae is going to play it because new coach coming in, 17th team in the league. You know, he's got nothing to lose by playing the kids. The problem is, Collingwood's got some really good senior players there that, you know, as you said, you, even your Hoskin Elliott's and people they've traded for in the past, your Jamie Elliott's, um, yeah, they don't want to just push them aside because they've still got some good footy in some of these blokes. But at the same time, you want to get games into the kids. So I feel like it could be two, three games. Next kid comes in, two, three games. And, you know, you're going to see McRae in that midfield at some point throughout the year. How often? Dacos is going to get his run throughout the year. But, yeah, it's, there's going to be a lot of chopping and changing. I don't think the Pies are going to be a team that's going to be pushing towards the eight. They've got, obviously, the talent and good players. But, you know, um, I think McRae, you know, it's a blank canvas and he wants to um, look at the long term, get, get as many of those kids rotating through. So I agree completely with your... The main guys in the midfield, I think Chris spends more time than Maynard in the midfield. Yep. But I think they'll be rotating to Goey definitely, and it's Taylor Adams's uh, midfield yep. to look after. Absolutely. Pendles will help those young guys down back. Which, which club yeah, did the, McRae um, come from? Uh, Richmond. Richmond. Yeah, and Richmond are pretty good for having flexibility through people rotating through as well, don't they? Like you. Yeah. So we we usually play the seventh defender. The um, the defensive winger drops back. So, yeah, I think that's more your Maynard role with those other guys, and he becomes that seventh, and then it's pressure forward. So, but, you know, we've chopped and changed each week, like, uh, you know, Castagna and we had Butler at one stage, and Arts then came in, and, 
you know, Higgins and then he left because there were so many small forwards just rotating through. Yeah. Collingwood's in that same boat, but they're now all 18, 19-year-olds. And so we I think you're on the money, but... Yeah, I think for the last however many years, our biggest deficiency was a small forwards. Um, yeah, if Elliot wasn't, was kicking five in a game, it, we weren't doing anything with our smalls. Um, so it would be interesting to see how they do that, if they're going to play them like they did at Richmond where they have the two um, really high half forwards that are essentially running back with the, with the play of the ball um, back into the forward line. And if so, then that could change the forward mix entirely because you just need super fit guys that can run two-way. Um, so, yeah, it, I'm, I'm looking forward to the season. I actually think that the, the, I still think that the Collingwood best 18 is, is good enough to play finals football, but they are just never, ever on the park, ever. They can't get sustainable matches into the. Imagine into the if team. someone didn't run two way, that'd be an awkward conversation over the radio, wouldn't it? <laughs> Down the boundary, <laughs> two way radio. Jeez, your shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God Sorry, God. I spent three months without <laughs> these puns, and I just forgot how shit they were. Uh, no, you, you never forget. <laughs> All right, it's like your first. Um, okay. <laughs> okay, let's let's move on. Let's have a look. Welcome back. Um, oh, uh, I was going to do a shout out there, but I, th- I might leave that name alone. <laughs> shout out on the pod, my first time. It's my first <laughs> Go on, Swizz. Oh, funny. it's all good. All right, so uh, fixture fixture analysis, guys. So running into the fixture. Now, it does look like Pies actually have a good run uh, first up. So they've got uh, Saints, um, Adelaide, who should be a walkover. Um, Geelong's obviously going to be a tough game. Eagles, who should be a walkover. Brisbane, who we dominate every year. Percentage builder. Uh, you do not dominate every year, especially at the Gabba. You're going to get smashed. Dude, didn't we win last year? No. I'm sure we no, did. No, no. Don't you remember um, Bailey kicking oh, it after the yes, siren no, and you got so upset? Warm. Free kick. That's a free kick. <laughs> Dude, I was so angry. Oh, Bailey. It was like early in the round. Um, anyway, but yeah, Saints, I think, you know, again, teams that leak points. Uh, Adelaide, easy one there. Geelong. Yeah, definitely a tough competition. Um, you know, c- competition there. West Coast leaking points. I think yep. that's definitely a winnable game as well as At Adelaide. Marvel too, how many of them are going to travel? Yeah. <laughs> um, Brisbane will be challenging, but again, Brisbane do leak points because they like to play aggressively. Essendon, uh, who knows what you're going to get any given week? But even if Essendon plays strong, they've been very good. But they still, you know, you can score from a super coach perspective. Not yeah, yeah. A, not a scoring overall perspective. And they don't tend to lock down. That's what they I mean. Just, yeah. From a super coach perspective, you can score against Suns. Richmond. They're bottom four this year, Richmond, right, Swiss? Fuck off. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I love this rubbing, Swiss, the rubbing, mate. Gets me all excited. Talking about that draw, boys, that's got to lead into the premium because I'm just seeing... The well, the rucks there, boys. Like, oh. Mar- um, what we got Look there, Marshall Swiss keeping us on track, uh, O'Brien, Stanley, or Sigler. Yeah, Natanui, if he's still fit by then, Big O, Essendon, well, Drape up, Wits, you know, Nan Curvis, the new Richmond captain, English. It's not the top line of Ruckman. No. Um, you start off with. Doesn't happen to so, um, the Queen's Yeah, I don't know if you weekend, want to move right? straight into premiums on that, that yeah. account, but. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's a bit juicy there for uh, Mr. Grundy. Yes, it is. Um, yeah, very Grundy. Uh, very Grundy. Huh? Is it Grundy? It's Grundy, and I think that he'll probably be, like, arguably the number one selected uh, premium this year, this year in the preseason. Uh, it's pretty be close. She needs right premium, dude. Premium, dude. Um, and look, with good reason. So he's slimmed down, obviously, over the off season. Um, he he was a little bit out of form. What's going to be interesting is um, is Cameron. Uh, and Cox. So Cox obviously had his off-season surgery. Apparently he's been approved to um, wear these glasses during games, which is going to help him see. But where does that put him in the pecking order if he can see? You know, is he still behind Cameron? I, I think he probably is. Um, and de- I definitely wouldn't be running both of them in the same team. Um, I'd be concerned. Apparently when he's out there, all he is is seeing Cox. <laughs> <laughs> he's a seeing Cox now, literally. I did forget how fun this was. This is great. This is great. See what happens when you're sharp, Chris. Um, yeah, but <laughs> um, so yeah, I do think. But the, the ruck split is really what's important. And um, Grundy obviously plays better as a solo ruck, and I think Collingwood play better uh, with Cameron forward and then pinch hitting. But that could all change with the new coach. So um, you might be able to shed some light on this for us, uh, there, mate. But how did um, how did Richmond really split their ruck time to give us an indication of how McCray might do it this year? Um, well, at times last year we were buddy playing Soldo and Nank in, in the same side, but the problem is with our rucks, they haven't been in the park. I think Nank's played mm. 30 games out of the last three years. So 
yeah, it's been a hard one to read because we, we just haven't had the continuity with our rucks. Um, and answering your question, uh, Grundy's the seventh highest premium um, picked at the moment and the number one ruck in yep. 37% of teams. Wow, okay. Well, it makes sense. He's, his I first seven it. games averaged 127.1, then tapered off for the next six at 118.7, but he was injured. And even then, with all the, the COVID restrictions and they were travelling, he openly said, you know, he, Grundy's a guy that likes to escape football. He yeah. likes to do some he graffiti. Live and football. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He doesn't live and breathe. He he loves football, but as in he does you know graffiti and likes to actually get away and escape. Now, if you are that kind of person that's more introverted and actually likes to be expressive and have time away, when you're in a bubble, that's the last thing you can do. And when you're injured on top of that, it's not surprising that his performance has taped off a little bit. So I think you know losing a few kilos, helping him get around the ground, I think it's going to help improve that tank again, get around the ground, and he should be the number one picked because when you look at Grundy, uh, so Grundy over, say, Gorn, Gorn's definitely going to have that competition of Jackson coming up. Even in the footage in the uh, as like an intra-club or a bit of training session, Jackson's like taps the ball, gets the ball to the ground. But once it's on the ground, he's so damaging. Gorn's chasing after him and Jackson's just tapping the ball, picks it up. Gorn can't tackle him. It's ridiculous at how Jackson, like once yeah, the ball hits I, the ground, Jackson's a freak. I, I, I can't see how Grundy isn't the number one ruckman this year because I do envisage Gorn going down. Um, Darcy's obviously coming up and I, I do like Darcy as well but he also has his niggles that keep him out of games and one thing we've seen even though Grundy only played 20 games last year he's been very very consistent on the park he, he plays through niggles he consistently performs through niggles well Darcy had a good patch pre-season comes into this, the start of this year and then all of a sudden Achilles tightness Classic. and yeah. starts getting you know managed for a few weeks so it's it's an interesting concept yeah what do you I, I think, what do you it's think about uh, Grundy there Swiss Swiz Oh, um, I've been lit up. Yeah, mate, I'm all full, Grundy. Yep. Yeah, no, I was, that's why I brought him up originally in that. He's uh, has a move from my side. He's a vice-captain option. Yeah, no, mate, say no more. It's like, yep. I'm not worried about frigging Cox taking his ruck time. Nah. So, no. I yeah. just don't want to be playing. What I don't want is them playing three, the three of them because then that forces either Cox or Cameron to be playing – but they'll probably only play 60-70% game time on the field, but they'll be playing a large percentage as a ruck, as a backup ruck. And I just don't want to see that because Grundy performs best when he's upwards towards 85-90% to 90% time on ground. And I think last year was only 82%, which is the lowest that he's had in quite a while. So yeah, um, I, want to, I want to see that number edge back up to 85-90%. Definitely doable. Next one, let's move on to Jack Crispy, the Spoons in the Dane Beams trade-off. Average 104.9%. Definitely increase his average through, throughout the year. He's the spoons. <laughs> Dane Beams, we got we picked up Dane Beams off you, and we gave you pick five. Was it you picked up Dugowie and Crisp, two people you still have, mind you. Uh, two two great players too, my name. Yeah, and lucky we got uh, we got a rebate though. But I'm uh, going to anyway. let uh, let uh, Swiss take the the intro of this one because he's been on him literally since Supercoach opened and before that. Um, so Swiss, tell me why you love Jack Crisp that much. Because of the, the the midfield move, mate. It's uh, Pendlebury. All rumours is he's gone back to half back. He's been training back at half back. Chris uh, started to get that midfield time. I'm sure Ben's got the breakdowns there of his uh, season last year. Um, well, ben, Ben's a bit worried there, but I'm sure he does. <laughs> I have his the score the scoring averages. I don't have the uh, positional averages. Oh, well, yeah, yes. well, you can give me the scoring. You give me the scoring averages of his uh, for for his season yep. there, but so uh, first he um. Oh, do you want them or no? Sorry. No, you go. Spill them. Uh, first seven, average 94.6. The next eight games, average 104.6. And then he finished off on a steam train, 115.6. So he just got better as the season wore on and he got more and more CBAs as the season wore on. Yes. And, um, look, I, I, I do think... No, that's it. That's as simple as that. He's going to yep. get those more CBAs. Yep. When you He's kick a running long. machine and he doesn't miss games. And when you just kick long every time, Chris, good things are bound to happen. <laughs> yes, kick long, Chris, because we don't like your short kicking to turnovers. Um, <laughs> anyway, I will also add to that, obviously he doesn't miss a game. That's very important. And there's something to be said about having a piece of stability outside of Jake Lloyd because there's a lot of risky picks in the back line this season and a lot of people are taking risks on guys like um, Aaron Hall or uh, Ridley Whitfield and or Ridley. Ridley. Um, and these guys are notorious for missing games. Oh, Ridley, not not so much, no, but but, um, roll, but the other guys, you know, especially Aaron Hall and and Lockie Whitfield, who are oh. very good value position, uh, value selections. Aaron Hall, 
Yeah, or James Sicily, for example. You know how he's going to come back. He's in. I think he must be the third highest picked defender at the moment. James Sicily. There's a lot of guys um, that um, are risky picks, and I think having that modes. stability. Yeah, he's on it. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. Now thirty three percent. The third. If you take over four hundred k, yeah, Sicily's third highest picked. Yeah, and so I think it says something to choose another defender in that mix that is going to be reliable. It's not going to miss a game. He's going to be consistent. And regardless of, of anything with Jack Chris, even if he does just end up coming back into defense, there's an injury back there, they switch him back, he's still going to average you enough to not be a liability. And so I just find that that's super reassuring because I expect, what I expect from him, 105 average, 22 games, happy top six, let's go. That's it. That's all I want. And, I, and you're paying for it at 570, but I think it's totally worth it. But even then, they have some depth in that defensive line as well. I mean, Maynard yeah, could still go do. back. Uh, Bianca, we already said as well. Yep. Also a good distributor and future captain. You know, so I think they do have some depth in the type of role he was playing. Yep. And, and now they're kind of saying, actually hey. They've got way more than that. They've also yeah. got Trey Roscoe, who was yep. played there off the halfback line. They've got Nathan Murphy as well, who got some games there at the so end it's of really, last year. So it's really opened up then for Crisp to actually go into that midfield. Um, they need someone that can actually, you know, do do a bit of the hard work and a bit of that grunt to help out Adams. They need, you know, a nice classy player. Is he a lefty? Oh uh, yeah, left footer. Yeah, yep. that's why long, I thought, long left yeah, foot. That's yep. why. I, that's why I like him. You know, yep. we have so much in common. <laughs> <laughs> what he uses his left hand as well. I mean, I like. Oh, I like Brisbane. He played for Brisbane. I mean, oh yeah. Okay. I have a left foot. He has a left foot. He's one of those guys that left Brisbane that you don't hate. <laughs> Pretty much. He's one of the only ones. Good he's, spot. Good he's spot. He's not Jared Pollex. <laughs> and we're back. Um, all right. So, look, I think that pretty much sums up the relevant premiums. Uh, premiums. Yeah. Um, oh, Degoe. Do you outside not of, to, outside no. Jordan Degoe. Oh. Who, uh, are we, are we not in counting Degoe? We, we should be counting Degoe. Is he People, what, How much is he? Uh, he's 463. I'd say uh, premium. Yeah, you're, premium. If you're picking him, it's to be a keeper. That's true. So, I think he's probably the only one. I, think, I mean, his figure speaker himself, right? Look at that last seven column. Last seven, 108.9 average. Uh, when Chris told me to pick him up, so cheap. I got him so cheap. So cheap. And he's the only thing that saved me <laughs> <laughs> through the back end of the year. Um, well and truly made up for Swizz's mate, Shy Bolton. Um, oh, snap. So there we go. Uh, okay, so the Jordan Degoe forward mid split uh, average 108.9 as a midfield in the final seven rounds there. So that's, I think, that all you really need to know. If he has a midfield spot, it's kind of like a better-looking Jake Stringer, the explosive <laughs> type that runs through the midfield, the let's, explosive type. Let's go through the problems. The problem is if he actually plays forward, he's a complete liability. The problem is if he actually goes out, then he's also a liability. Right. He's got behavioural <laughs> problems and a whole bunch of other things. Um, he rarely plays 22 games. Um, there's, there is a, a lot to consider when selecting Jordan Degoe, but I suppose you get that in the discounted price. And it also depends how much um, you know flog you have in the flog meter <laughs> available. In your t- it's a real thing. You can't have well, too people many people aren't flogs. starting with to- Toby Green this year, so you so have a little bit of room. So but hey, but Sicily's back, so it might take at a discount. Does that discount his <laughs> flog meter? It, it might be a so little. You've really little got one. You got either. You've got to start to go or Sicily. Pretty to, much. Choose your flog. <laughs> Otherwise, you might be tipped in the wrong scale. Um, well, I think another thing to be said as well um, is. What's his fitness like? Now, they've been saying at the Pies at the moment that he's been ramping it up and ramping it up and ramping it up, but he's obviously hasn't trained with a club all preseason because of the court case, right? No. So that that's a big problem. He went and partied in the off-season, wasn't trained with the club. If, where's his hear, fitness at? Because I did he's hear, running mid. I heard his idea of fitness did, was... Did he write you a letter? No, an email. <laughs> an email. I said, what is... Okay, so I'm like, <laughs> okay, so send him an email, right? And I, I asked him, I was like... What is your idea? What, how would you define fitness? <laughs> right? And he replied, out of all things, uh, curiously. And he said... Um, Did he reply to he, Dane Zorko, who then replied he, to you? Or? He defines fitness as fitness glass around your head. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that was a long drawn bow. <laughs> glass house. I respect it. Glass, glass house. Um, anyway. <laughs> sorry, Swizz. I, I I see your face chuggling. <laughs> sorry, sorry, Swizz. Watching a slow moving crash. Um, anyway, that is it for the premiums. That is um, us. We will leave you to it. We'll oh, come on, Swizz. What do you think about uh, the old Dagoe train? I've had him in all preseason. Yeah. Um, only twelve percent have jumped on. So eighty eight percent have a no shit po- um, bloke policy in their team. Obviously, because <laughs> I just thought. 
uh, he, yeah, he, he's a lock. But the worry is, as you said, is the fitness. Um, there's a possibility that he could actually start the uh, sort of mid-forward rotation yeah. and as he builds that fitness up, come home like a steam train, train like he's done in the past. I agree. If he gets that so switch, there's a possibility that I think maybe I don't start him. I was say, what's um, a steam but train? there is some of those soft games. Uh, is this a little bit of a shout out to your cricket mates there, Swizz, of just starting as many shit blokes as you can find? <laughs> <laughs> oh, 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 shots fired. Woo! That was big. Jesus. Sorry, Swizz. Rookies and the mid prices, and also who is draft relevant this year? Chris, Swizz, happy to have you back. Let's have a look on the socials SC Insider 100, Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, and on the YouTube, Chris. Uh, just search for Supercoach Insider. Yeah. I'm actually. I can't see you. And the, I the, am on the. I don't even know what I meant. I've there already had a couple, so this is me, Swizz. It's called the Heaps Normal. It's an XPA non alcoholic beer, for one for the non drinkers out there. And. Um, yeah, if you're not on it, get on it. And uh, that's it. Let's move on to the mid-prices. Mid-prices in the rookies. Now, this is going to be highly, highly, highly relevant. If you're not sure, check out our other podcast on the YouTube. And it's going to give you some insight on the best 22, etc. Or if you're listening on an audio platform, then you would have already heard this because we're going to link these bitches together. All right. Well, first thing we need to do is establish a, a basic you know, guide as to what is a mid-pricer versus what is a premium, right? So... Yes. Um, I think it's he's probably worthy talking about, but I think he's on the edge of being a premium. That's Jeremy Howe. Um, so yeah, that's probably the top end of it. He's four twenty seven, four twenty seven k. But he started the year absolutely on fire last year. Um, now it'll be interesting to see what role he has this year. But he was actually taking some pretty, um, s- some pretty good. Fall- like he wasn't necessarily always the seventh defender or the loose back. I think there. you're talking about 2020, aren't you, Chris? Yeah, I think so. So is, he'd be fairly. I think he's actually higher owned than I thought he would be too, Jeremy Howe. Which is interesting. For 27K, um, yes, played was, what, thir- 13 games, averaging at, what, a 78.7? Like, mm-hmm. it's... Yeah. Um, but even then, he was uh, in mid-January. How was limited to riding the exercise bike. So it doesn't exactly fill me with great confidence. That is true. That is true. See if Swizzy's having a squizzy doodle. But, uh, I actually no, don't, no, I yeah, don't yeah, mind, Jer- I don't mind Jeremy Howe. Uh, as far as rookies, we're looking at 102K to probably about a 220 and then from over 220, I start to look at a little bit more on the expensive rookies, the 280s, and that kind of stuff. It's expensive rookies. And then mid prices, I'd probably say, well, about 300 to 450 generally. Yeah, and it depends on the line as well. Yeah. I think, um, you know, like midfield mid prices can be pretty much up to 450K ish. So even that mid price range, like, you know, the, the Rainers and stuff like that, the kind of mid price range ish, or yeah. slash almost like an expensive rookie, uh, it's in that awkward spot. Are the only mid price that I think Just to answer your question there, Benny Boy, how 3.5%? Okay, less than Around 2,000 people. Probably the 2,000 that um, spent their one hour of prison time login <laughs> to uh, you know, their team. Wow. So, um, obviously wow, haven't, put, haven't had an opportunity to get back in. Uh, mate, you never told me your cricket mates were in prison. <laughs> oh, sorry. Again, <laughs> so I shouldn't have sabotaged Swiss. My cricket mates wouldn't support Collingwood, mate. So oh, really yeah, like good okay, let's, uh, let's have a look now. Shall we? Let's start with... Um, so we're obviously going the bin prices there. Lipinski won for me, 359k. Being tempted, people, you know, changing clubs. He couldn't get quite a gig at the Bulldogs. Now he's come to Collingwood. Maybe Lipinski is the answers to all of their midfield problems. Chris, what do you think he fits in Lipinski? Is he worth the 350 price tag? He's a midfielder only, though. The only problem I see with Lipinski is that he hasn't done it before. It's not that I don't think he can, because I think he's a, a very talented guy and um, he's got the package to be able to do it. Is the role there? I think it is. I think that he's going to have enough of a uh, of mid time to score well. The problem is you're paying three fifty k, and ultimately, really, what you want out of that is probably not to make cash. You probably want him to be a keeper, um, and he's. I don't think he's going to be quite. I, I think maybe he averages say ninety five yeah. at the absolute top end. And at his price, I think you're better off picking Raul, who's cheaper. Uh, it's, it's a as tough in, one. As in, I know Rao's injury prone, really but his upside's like, higher. I don't really like to, if I'm honest, I don't like any mid-price medium midfielder in this. If he was forward mid, I think he'd be in 
A high percentage of sides. And the rookies are awesome this year. So why, apart from choosing a 260K in Berry's probably the most expensive I'm going. Save 100K. Go pick up Berry. Might average similar. Berry's already shown that he can average 100 before. And it's Berry good. Um, So, (laughs) yeah. Look, I I like Lipinski and I think he will be good. And there's going to be games where he's going to absolutely explode. I'm just not sure. I haven't seen it. Maybe the preseason games will highlight that a little bit more as to how much mid-time he gets. But I think he will be rotating a little bit forward, and I'm just not sure about that split yet. Therefore, I'm just like, eh. Yeah, but draft relevancy, I'd happily oh, have him as my M6 or 7. I reckon he probably won't do you that bad, depending on, obviously, which positions you yeah. switch. What do you think, Swizz? Um, one Collingwood injury in the preseason, and it changes everything. But right now, yeah, he's a no-touch in standard, and yeah, <clears throat> you'd want to take him later in drafts. But at the moment, I see a few people reaching for him at M4, M5 and that, which because everyone see, thinks, oh, well, you know, he's changed from the Bulldogs, he's getting that inside midfield time. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy for other people to draft him at the moment. And then if an injury happens, well, good on them. Yeah, no, I completely agree with I you. I think that's fair. Um, another one, just these two will be real quick anyway. So IQ, uh, I don't mind for draft leagues. I think he is one that could break out as a rebounding sort of role. i keeper league for a long time. Yeah, I'm but just I like think waiting on him, waiting, but waiting. It's been, a, it's been a few years now. So it's kind of like now he looks like an absolute rig and it's set up if the new coach oh, wants to have that. You like, saw that photo that well, I could sent be, you? Could be, yeah, it could be the Hooli or the short extractor. Yep. You know, the pace and the boot and the good decision making. I think IQ is one that could break out and has lots of value in draft leagues this year. And the other one is Bianco, 280k. Even consider it for standard leagues. I'm not game to go there because, obviously, as we spoke about, probably maybe 22, maybe not. But he, I love Bianco as a player. I just feel like he's too small to play the position that he probably is best at, which is midfield. Yeah, but he's he was training as well. Possible midfield role. Adam, yeah. Lipinski, Bianco all stayed back to work on their stoppage craft January 16. So that, you, I mean, you don't stay back unless you look like you're probably in the mix to play stoppages. So yeah. it's, it's an interesting one to watch. I don't mind it. Uh, I'm not going to be shelling at 280k if I can help it. Uh, but he is a forward, so it, it adds him to the mix of ones that I am just waiting to see. Fair enough. Um, outside of that... McRae, can we talk? Finn McRae? Oh, mate, you we give you a two-minute segment. still big on Finn McRae. And I, I, he wasn't I, in your best 22, though. No, because I think the hype might get um, Dacos over the line. But I, I, I seriously only think that there's space for one of them. Mainly because... Again, one injury in the midfield completely opens everything up. The rumour early on was that McRae was going to be playing a lot of time on the ball. And then in match sim, he's been playing a lot of time on the wing. On the wing, yep. Now, that's not where I want him to see him from a super coach perspective because you, your ceiling's capped as a rookie at that, let's say, maximum average 70 to 80, like absolute maximum. When he gets mid-time, you're looking at 85 plus. Well, who's the highest scoring wings ever? You What, Gaff? Uh, even uh, McCluggage Which, scored pretty well as a yeah, wing, and, and they're and I've never, yeah, and they and still like that wing position. It's still not great um, until they actually make a wing position in Supercoach. Wingers are completely redundant because mids, inside mids, are going to dominate the entire competition. So it's just it's just no point. It's a moot point. So yeah, I just kind of feel like um, I'd love McRae, and for I've got him in a keeper. Um, so definitely look for Finn McRae in a keeper keeper league, but not in a in a standard. Um, obviously, I love him as a as a rookie coming through, but um, yeah, I wouldn't be um, looking at him in a standard draft league this year at all. I, I don't, I don't think that's a good, good play at all. Um, what's your, uh, what's your mid price of their Swiss? No, I'm, there's, I don't think there's any other. I, I, I did like Finn McCray. Yep. But yeah, until once again, I'd be more confident watching those preseason games and seeing what they do with him and Dacost and see where he exactly fits in. Um, so I've been pretty hot on him because I think there's a role for him. Yep. But, yeah, I, I want to be more assured of that if I'm going to spend the 200000 because it becomes down to McRae, uh, Horn Francis or uh, Dacos sort of in that. And I think uh, Ward's um, burning up the track for Hawthorne too. So yep. you don't want to be there's spending so too much on those yeah. expensive rookies. Um, and McRae's got that little bit ahead of, of those guys because he's been in the system that bit longer. But, yeah, uh, if he come in the preseason and he looks like he's playing midfield or wing or something like that, yeah, no problems. I'm happy to pay the money for him. But until that moment, uh, I'm not that confident. I feel like this year more than any, there's been so many teams with expensive rookies. And I don't know whether it's maybe these are the only people that we've heard of because of the last two years of COVID. Maybe, you know, there hasn't been too much documentation of, oh, this up-and-comer or this, set and the other. We haven't really seen it. And it's, it's an interesting one because we have... 
some people are starting with you know four, five, six, seven rookies that are one hundred and eighty to two hundred thousand, which is just absolutely, in my opinion, crazy. But um, we will wait and see. Will Kelly, the next one for me, is a defender forward, one twenty three k. We've touched on him briefly. Uh, now we will say this: they were talking about him. You know, full fitness, body's feeling great. He got strong and fit over the summer. Won the two k time trial for the first to fourth year players. He did injure his elbow twenty twenty one. I think he had. Was it 2021? He had another yep. injury before that. So he's had some bad luck. But I feel like he's someone that could definitely be playing, but it depends on, A, if he does play, and then the role. So if he's playing as like a bit of a, uh, what, third forward or something, then yeah. it's, it's going to that role's the one that's kind of open at Collingwood yeah. at the moment. So there's there's definitely space for Will Kelly to play alongside Cameron and um, and Grundy, as as that, and sorry, Majacek, I suppose, as the, as the third tall forward. Um, and... I just not sure if they want to go that way playing three big tools. Um, in a in a if the, again if McRae is going to be setting up Collingwood like Richmond, I love you know twenty seventeen. Um, they, they they're not going to go with the three tools. They're going to go with you know guys that are going to really pressure the ball uh, forward of the uh, forward of the fifty. So um, I can't see him really pushing that without an injury. However, you know the proof is in the pudding. If they comes out in preseason, he's playing and he's killing it. Well then, yeah, there's there's a chance that he could play um, in round one, and therefore, yep. obviously, I think you have got to pick him. Um, definitely worth the watch. Defender, definitely forward. worth the watch though at this point, and I'm sure we can all agree. But he's he's definitely playing forward. He's not playing defense in in preseason yep. so well, far. Well, they don't need him in defense unless. Well, actually, no, they definitely don't. Even then, Charlie Dean, one hundred two K. We've mentioned him briefly. Uh, probably the one that you should be definitely be starting. It looks as though he will get a gig with uh, Roughhead. <laughs> Being injured, yep. uh, he was picked two in the rookie draft. He's 195 centimetres, 86 kilograms. He's a tall defender, composed under pressure with elite intercept marking. That's what they wrote about him. That's yep. his bio. Um, and I think as far as that goes, definitely someone that you should be able to lock away pending the preseason and everything like that. Swizz, you, Charlie Dean, simple as that. Hasn't left my side. No, yep. He's just one of those locks. Um, 102k. He's going to get games, can't go wrong. So it's just a question of, you know, is he starting on your field at D6 or is he going to be a D7 or D8? That's the only con- real conversation about him. Yeah, I mean, based on his um, his pedigree and what he was doing in the, I think it was Sandfall, was he? Was Sandfall, right? Mm, or was sure. he VFL? Swiss, do you know? I don't know. Um, but I'm he, he was sure it was Sandfall. Yeah, he was playing obviously in a really high level and he won... I think he won um, one of the medals there, but he's obviously playing as an intercept defender who can lock down. So it'll be interesting to see what they actually, how they play him. Um, I think he does come in and just play. No, no, sorry, VFL, mate, VFL. VFL, yep. So I, I think he actually does come in and plays a little bit lockdown, which is going to restrict his scoring, unfortunately. Or they could go the other route and play Jeremy Howe as they lock down on the centre half back. But I just don't think, to me, he's just not big enough, Jeremy Howe, to be playing lockdown, though he's done it in the past. Um, because Moore's not going to do that. Moore's not a lockdown defender at centre half back. He runs off and he's he's going to take his intercept grab. So um, I think that he probably gets that lockdown role. But that's okay these days in in, in back lines. Yeah, you can score quite well being a lockdown because they switch the ball out of defence and you get quite a lot of possessions exiting the fifty. Um, so it'd be interesting to see how it goes. And I think he's absolutely a lock in anyone's side, and especially in a season where we're really struggling to find defender rookies at, at this stage of the preseason. Anyway. Makes sense. Um, we're going to finish with a few minutes just talking about draft relevancy for some of the other high-end players, and then that will wrap us up. Uh, again, Brody Grundy, simplest thing ever. He goes in draft. He's one that could slide a little bit in the picks. Uh, I would happily have him as a captain in draft. If you, I reckon you'd be able to Super get him. Super consistent. Well, you'd be able to get him anywhere from like six pick six to twelve, and I think you'd still really? be. Ex- I reckon he'll slide still. Well, you think about all the other. He's got to be a top five, right? All so the other talent on the list. I think he slides to between yeah, six ben, and twelve. No, ben. I'm actually just doing a. It's my pick in the draft. This draft that I'm in at the moment, and that, and it's got really, really shit. I've got between Reese Stanley, Josh Kennedy, or some. Oh, I don't even talk. Josh Caddy's probably the best midfielder there. It's so yuck. But Caddy's in this still draft, on the list. Brody Grundy. I think when, <laughs> I think Brody Grundy went uh, pick two or pick three. Wow. So, okay. So um, maybe you yeah, boys I think are right. People are going to be pretty hot on him. Well, well the there's, hype. There's, there's, you know, there's not really that many good rucks. No, that's true. Well, it depends he, if you're if, if you're, but if you're playing captain though, then you would think you know your steals and everyone else will probably be jumping in ahead of him. He averaged what one fifteen. There's so many players or midfielders yeah, but jumping. You've above. also seen 
Brody Grundy averaged 130 consistently for what, two, three years in a row, yeah, was and, it? And in those years, he was picked in the top two picks. But yeah. now, I think he, I think he probably can, slots. I think he returns to that form. I, I, I wouldn't ben, be also d- we talked so. about this last pod, Ben. It talks about, uh, you know, depends on your league structure. If you've yeah. got captains, yeah, it's a different story. Well, if captains, you don't have you'd captains probably go or you're 12, 14, 16 man. Then well, rucks yeah. earlier, key rucks or your high forwards are definitely earlier because it's a big point difference on the next forward or the next ruck, which makes sense. Um, Taylor oh, Adams. Can I just take Reece Stanley here? Oh, <laughs> mate, oh, wow. that's, uh, that's horrible. Um, oh, no. Taylor Adams is one, 516K midfielder oh, only. He is definitely got some value. I think Taylor Adams can break back out to what he has been previously. What's his value, though? His value is that he's going to no, get for draft leagues. for half a season. No, draft leagues, I think there's value there because he's no. a standout on the track. He's cutting a lean and mean appearance as what they were talking about him. I right think up until he gets injured in the first game of the season. Nah. <laughs> so you can't you can't play like that though. He's averaging he got you can pick him up ninety four point nine average. You can pick him up at a hundred flat, and there's still upside in draft. Leagues. Oh no, I'm not saying there's not value in terms of his scoring potential. I'm just saying you also have to expect that he's not going to be playing the entire season. But we said that once, and then he averaged like one ten. <laughs> as, as a defender, that one like good de- year. Yeah, that Remember one good year. Yeah, that one good time. Yeah, he had a good that day though. One time, <laughs> it was. Where did he finish? Where did he finish? Dead last. Yeah, yeah, he had a good day though. Being first or last. Um, yeah, so obviously Maynard, I think he's going to be playing um, more midfield time. It'll be interesting to see what he can average this year. I think Maynard is a great pick in um, in in draft. Absolutely fantastic pick. I think he's arguably one of the best from Collingwood, and you're going to be able to pick him up with value. And he's got at least a five to ten point upswing, in my opinion, in his average from last year. So um, yeah, I'd be looking at uh, at Braden Maynard as someone. Well, that, yeah. Maynard started real shit, seventy six point seven over his first seven, but then. Yeah, and we're like, oh, what the hell has happened to Maynard? Because he showed a lot of promise. But then 101.6 in the middle eight and 97.3 in the back seven. So even if you kind of combine those averages, you're still looking at about a, what, a 98.5 or a 99 or 99 average. Yeah, I mean, for a guy averaging uh, over the year 92.3, there's definite upside there. Yeah, the biggest problem with Maynard and midfield. pretty much for the entire season was that he was thrown around into seven different roles. So he was sometimes you know taking kickouts, sometimes not. Um, when Howe went down, he started playing lockdown fullback. Like, you know, um, yeah, he's he's the sort of guy that was there, Mr. Fix-It last year. Um, and I don't anticipate that to be this year. So we'll see how his role goes. But I do like Maynard at this stage. Um, but we do need to have a little bit more information from the preseason games to see where he's actually going to be playing. All right, the last it's going to be like two. Oh, more. I'll just butt in on that. Benny Boy, um, yeah, I'm just looking through this draft uh, Grundy went at four, but uh, Maynard went to pick 77. So oh, maybe that's eighth. Value. That's great value. Yeah. So that's eighth round if you're doing a 10-teamer. Yeah. That's God, not bad. Can't complain about that. Um, okay. Uh, let's have a look. Darcy Moore averaged horrible as a forward, 76.7. Moved him back into defense where he could intercept and average 104.8 over a six-round period before he got injured. Again. Again. Uh, so another one, same as the Taylor Adams effect where you know, it is what you expect. But if he is playing in the defensive line, which we expect he should, there is definitely some draft upside there. Average 89.7. So it's not too unreasonable. But again, at a 90 average for someone who's not completely flexible, um, I might just let someone else take that risk. Yeah, I think, look, he's just greasing the chain for uh, Jack Madgen to come in, really. <laughs> <laughs> or he'll get his contract extension. He might have a good year and then get his contract extension and then uh, pull yeah, it. Is it a contract year? It is. Pull, pull a Dugowie. And the last one, still side bottom, is is a highly spoken about, bit contentious. Avoid. Let someone else take him. He's so going to be playing more forward time this year than he has in the last five years. Yeah, I agree. And he averaged eighty seven point three with some. Out, or was it wing? Some wing? Some yeah, midfield? Yeah, and he will. He'll still yeah. come in there with injuries or whatever. But he's going to like his role this year is going to be. Half forward, a bit of wing. Uh, he's going to have very little CBAs. Uh, I would just, yeah. yeah. No, kind of like me. the Robbie Gray effect where you kind of, you go forward and you're still talented enough. Robbie, you know what I mean? You can hit the scoreboard. Robbie's a better kick. So I think Steele could end. And go. he's a better kick. <laughs> Robbie Gray. Kick a goal, you, yeah. Hey, you, oh, didn't you, you watched him kick against Carlton against the boundary. Love watching Carlton lose. After the siren. And you're saying, oh yeah, maybe. Best, best day ever. Uh, oh, is that, are you just rating steel? Uh, so steel, 87.3. I think you could average anywhere between 80 to 85 for me. So I think it's avoided an 87.3. He could surprise, but... What, what do you think, Swiss? What are your thoughts on steel this year? Great bloke. Shit <laughs> super coach option. <laughs> yeah. I, was, I love that you know, steel's like his best year ever. He, he was playing on a wing. 
Yeah. Could he like go 90 plus this year or no? You think 80 to 85 nah. is no more reason? No, no chance of getting close, man. Exactly. So for those in draft, basically don't pick him at his average is yeah. what I'm trying and to get And same at. with Scott Pendlebury. I mean, obviously with the move to halfback, I can't see him. But he does become relevant. Pendlebury, after six rounds, if he becomes a defender, he is easily good for, what, an 85, 90 average as a defender. I, I Easy. can see that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he's not going to He's completely Well, he'll be hitting, he'll be hitting um, loose targets out in the wing. But I think someone picks him up at, what is he average last year? It's still pretty decent, right? What, 90 flat, Yeah, 90. I mean, where, where are you picking him up in draft, you know? I think if you pick him up around 90, there's value if the position changes. Don't be sucked into picking up a Pendlebury at 100 average, nah. thinking he can then possibly become defender. Yeah, because I agree. you don't know what's going to happen. They might get injuries, Pendlebury back into that midfield. Maybe the percentage swing isn't what you thought it was going to be. Or they work out, hey, it doesn't really work out, and we have you know, Bianco killing it, so we'll just put Bianco in that role and play Pendlebury you know, on the ball or forward of centre. So... Yep. Um, definitely pick if you want to get him 90 flat or just a little bit over hoping for a little bit of upside either way and then that's it I think yep. that's it and then obviously Lipinski in, but we did touch on him in the previous he, earlier yeah he went in the ninth round in this draft ninth Ooh, fuck. that's early surely pick 90 so not the ninth round in this but pick okay. in the 90s pick 90 I so guess which would be the ninth round 10th well, round for people Pendlebury used to be a first round pick so you know I guess you can't be too surprised uh, no that's pick 90 that's overs well, I mean this you, guy you oh, he must be a basketball fan as a, you're thinking he's going to become a defender yeah you have to yeah but even like even then it's I think it's risky well you know what happens when you jump at shadows you get scared. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you've you got to remember, he's also still got to be at least the first six rounds until you can move him back into that defence, right? You've got, yep. you got to draft an extra mid. And then in, if you're playing a normal league, then you get maybe, what, 11 rounds at best. And if he doesn't make the first cut, then maybe it'll be the second cut, which is round 12. So you get about five rounds or, no, seven rounds before you and hit finals. Who, who are you playing on the field um, to, to cover him until he moves back into the defense. How many points per game you're losing there instead of someone you could have played in the midfield? I was going to play Liam I Jones. Know, Liam Jones in defense. <laughs> the DNPs. As a, as a, nice, a DNP. Yeah, as a, as a, a loophole, you know, have him on the field and get him some minutes that's up and true. make him feel good about himself. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, I suppose that kind of wraps it? it up. That's it. Um, Swizz, always a pleasure. Sorry to keep your mic down, mate. This is what happens when Chris comes in. No one can get a fucking word in. <laughs> Oh, we knew this was going to happen, this <laughs> podcast. Let Chris have his moment. Yes, Collingwood, you will have your chance for Richmond. We'll just sit back, kick back, and enjoy the bottom four podcast protest. <laughs> that's, that's you. That's not me. I'm all for You Richmond. said Wait, Richmond. I could probably put 50 on it too. <laughs> no, I won't. Swizz. Swizz. silly money. Swizz. I need Swizz. Two, for one, two for one for that. Bottom six? Yeah, we heard it. Bottom four, bottom yeah, everyone's six? Everyone's heard it out there. <laughs> no, nah, wait. Middle, middle, I'm going to cop so much shit for that. Middle line, bottom six. Uh, get a two-way leeway. Let's see how they go in the preseason. Oh, look at this pussy. And oh, hey, what was our bet again? Hewitt versus Cripps. Hewitt Cripps. Okay, I'll take that. Yeah, yeah all right. We've got, we got, we got a double down. Got sometimes double sometimes down. we get a couple of ladies. You've got to split those ladies and take them both home. That's true. <laughs> all right, that's it for us. <laughs> 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 Splitting ladies. <laughs> oh. oh, that was great. All right, I've got to go anyway, boys, but uh, thanks for having <laughs> me back and love you all. Love you. Thanks, Swizzy. <laughs> the C is for the courage I possess through the drama. H is for the hurt, but it's all for the honor. A is for my attitude, working through the patience. Money comes and goes, so the M is for motivation. Gotta stay consistent, the P is to persevere. The I is for integrity, innovative career. The O is optimistic, open and never shut. And the N is necessary, cause I'm never giving up. See, they ask me how I did it, I just did it from the heart. Crushing the competition, been doing it from the start. They say that every champion is all about. Principles carry.